Hi, and welcome to our Christmas episode. We're doing the perennial classic, and classic might be in quotation marks, but whatever. We all enjoy it. Jingle all the way. I'm Andrew Wass. I'm Jake Plumeri. Hey, Jake Plumeri. Can I have some of that Chex Mix? That's okay. I just wanted to know if you would offer it. That's very kind of you, though. Now, who is this mysterious third person with us? Well, hold on. Let's not get started yet. I still have to introduce myself. My name is Jacob McAuliffe. Yes, and again, we are watching Jingle All the Way, and I'm loving the fact that Harvey Corbin's on screen for like exactly 30 seconds here. How's so, that first shot? It makes it look like he's just been a huge concussion person <laughs> on those rocks. Watching this again, you can really tell that this was supposed to be like a longer thing, and they just turned it into a montage. Well, that's especially because of Harvey Portman being there for five seconds. Well, that's the thing. Even in the extended cut, there really isn't much more of it, so it's weird. I bet they filmed a lot more of it, though. Maybe. So, but ta ta. <laughs> there we go. I didn't even realize this was Harvey Corbin until like two years ago, and I think what Harvey Corbin looked like. I knew who he was, and I still didn't realize it was he's on screen so little. This is such like a pantomiming of like what a kid's show would look like. Pretty good job of it. Well, I mean, I like the um, bad guys. Like they're like, I don't know. I, I go I go back and forth on it. I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch like Power Rangers. Maybe I'm not the best judge on this, but I look at this and I'm like, it's like a pink rat guy that looks like a Teletubby. It's got like like a costume. I'm like, I don't know. Oh, you mean the designs, not the execution of like... Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I think those designs would be better as like it... Like I can imagine that in animation like of like Thundercats or like He-Man type thing where these would be like the awkward stage show at Disneyland maybe. I never thought about that. Yeah. But I could see that. Like... It's somewhere between, like, this would be on, like, Fox Kids at Saturday morning. Hey, Harvey Corbin. Um, you know, Saturday morning, like, you know, Fox Kids thing, or, like, like I just said, like, an animated show where this is the stage show at Disney or Universal. God, I hope so. One day. God willing. Well, no. By the way, Jacob, here's your friend. You know... I'm going to say something very controversial. Jake Lloyd doesn't get enough credit. No, I, I think, think he's really... Uh, I think... You know what it was? It's Everyone makes fun of how George Lucas, like, you know, said he didn't give the best audition in, like, Phantom Menace, but he could be directed the best. I can kind of see that. I just... Like, the only two things he was in were, like, you know, the Phantom Menace and this. And it's like, you know, he can't... I feel like he can't really, like judge the potential he had as a kid actor just based on like you know jingle all the way you know or like you know, those two movies and that's some promise it's the only negative thing i will say about the phantom menace for the rest of my life because i love that movie Salesman. But yeah, the point is, 
Jake Lloyd. I wonder how we would have done under different direction and different types of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, he's not like a bad child actor. Like it's just like Phantom Menace he gets a lot of flack for because I mean, it's just I think yeah, the writing of that, you know, it's like, you know, you have people like Liam Neeson and Hugh McGregor who are good actors, like classically trained, have done a lot, who are able to act through that versus kid actors are usually not the best, and then given not the best material, that's got to be tough for someone like him. So, yeah, he gets a lot of flack for that. You know, I, he's fine as a little kid in this. He's very precocious. Which is also hard to believe this is three years before um, Phantom Menace. It seems like he doesn't age at all between this and Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's different in this is he has like a lo- longer haircut. I feel like he went from this to Phantom Menace like six months later. All right, let's yeah. talk about Bill Hartman. No, right. We don't want to talk about Rita Wilson. Well, um, she's a old rocker. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, no. Her and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was married when they met her. He met her, and they fell in love. Now they claim that like they never physically cheated, like had sex or anything before. He got divorced from his wife, but so but he just like went and told his wife, "Yeah, I want to get divorced. I'm in love with someone else," and that was Rita Wilson. I think you're being a little harsh on him. Was. I know. He didn't have an affair. He, you know, um, they just met. Yeah. But, no, yeah, Phil Hartman, um, he's great in literally everything. Oh, wait, hold on. Whenever I think of, like, traffic and cutting through it, I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> this is here, I think of this scene. <laughs> this, yeah, as, this might be the most unintentionally memorable scene in the movie. <laughs> so the 405. Um no, Phil Hartman's great though. Oh he, no, he's even in the shittiest movies, he is well, the best part. And that's the shame. He never, he never really broke out in a, As a in, in film. Man. Well, not not just Liam Neeson, just being in a good movie, really. Where I think it just fully, fully utilized his. I his loved him. Strengths. I loved him in the Brave Little Toaster. He was great. Oh god, he did like a he voiced an air conditioner that was a Jack Nicholson impression that kills itself. <laughs> Such a weird movie. I, I mean live action, <laughs> where you can see his face. <laughs> I remember, like, I saw this movie. It's a garbage movie. It stars him and Sinbad, so connection to this, where um, Sinbad is, like, a, a thief or something like that, and he um, gets on, like, a bus to go just get out of town, and he gets off the bus at, like, as quickly as possible, and... Phil Hartman is like meeting his or is at the bus station to pick up his childhood friend who he hasn't seen since like grade school that he reconnected with and mistakes him as Sinbad because he hasn't seen him since he was like six and picks him up and then it's like a whole wacky thing about him hiding out at Phil Hartman's house and becoming you know close to him and his family and all that but it's weird because there's just like a lot of McDonald's product placement and it literally ends. With them eating McDonald's, singing a parody of the 12 Days of Christmas, but all about McDonald's food. It is a very weird movie. My, my point still stands. Yes. It does go back to what we were saying in the um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles comment. No, Jake, he totally just demolished your point. That movie, that sounds <laughs> great. Well, it just, it's one of those things where you just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's following some of the other SNL actors, too. It's like, one, I know. Were we talking about Kate McKinnon on Friday night? Was that us? Yeah, that was us. That's like one of those things where I hope it doesn't happen to her what happened to uh, Phil Hartman and Phil. Getting shot in the head. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. I had to. Should probably cut that out. <laughs> 
No, but I agree with you, Avi. Uh, <laughs> for now, we have the Jake test. If Jake's not laughing, I'm not <laughs> saying anything. We should probably cut it out. Maybe we should just start this over. No, that's fine. Uh, as much as I would like to continue re-watching the beginning of this movie. Oh, what a shot. He's just standing there like... <laughs> oh, now he's sitting. Continuity. Uh, but no, I agree. I don't want, um, you know, what happened to, like... You know, Phil Hartman, a lot of SNL actors, you know, happened to, like, someone like Kate McKinnon. Um, yeah, I mean, that's thing. It's going back to what we said with um, the Plain Strings Automobile commentary about John Goodman. or sorry, John Candy, like, that had he not had his heart attack and, you know, continued living that, he could have branched into more leading man, more dramatic roles. You know, maybe it would have been Phil Hartman where he could have had, you know, more leading roles. Because other than that, you know, garbage movie I was just talking about that I can't remember. I can't really think of a movie where he is the, like, star of the movie. He's always been, like, the side character like this, or Blind Date, or Small Soldiers. He's, you know, a large part of the movie, you know, high-ranking in the credits, but not arguably at all a main character. I I think he said something about that one time, about how he wanted to work as, an, as a film actor. Or I could be wrong, I could be thinking about someone else. He just may have had a bad agent and just needed, maybe just like money. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I, I, that's the thing. I, it's it's just, just a know, It's hard. It just got to work. Yeah. All right. Here's a question about this movie. Is the only reason anybody remembers it is because Arnold is the lead role? I don't know. Like if this, because we talk about like, you, you can talk about how you think he's like miscast or it's weird that he's playing this role, but. In my opinion, I think that's really the only reason we remember and still talk about this is because he's in the lead mm-hmm. role. I, I mean, if it, like you could argue he's not the most suited for this, but if you hired like, uh, like some other like just regular comic actor like Adam Sandler or something to play this, I don't think this movie would be remembered or regarded like it is. No, well, in I this, in this, I, I think that's sort of almost like I understand. There's a lot of ironic appeal to people who enjoy this movie, but I think that's where the majority of it comes from is the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing the role. Well, yeah, in, in this particular version of this film's execution, yeah, but in an ideal world, I think people more refer to a better version of this. I mean, in an ideal world, this would be a completely different movie. Yes. it's not a very good movie. Oh, I but it's something where... Umbridge that. Yeah, but it's something where, like, if this movie was exactly the same, except you hired like an Adam Sandler or a Chevy Chase or something like that to play this role, I don't think we would even be talking about it. I agree. I mean, they had the uh, sequel a few years back, starring Larry the Cable Guy, that no one talks about at all, and ninety percent of it, it's still the same plot, and you know, it's just Larry the Cable Guy. So I think, yeah, there is some level that you're spot on, and that's the thing. Watching this to get ready again to do the commentary. Just like there are certain moments where he gives an expression or says and does something that it's just it being Arnold is hilarious. Like when he's going through the jungle gym, the comedically six three, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger going through a kid's jungle gym or the faces he's making at certain points. It's just so over the top comedic that I think you're right. Well Arnold I think Arnold's like a great comedic actor. Yeah. I agree. He's got great timing. I was I was thinking about this though because I saw like on Freeform earlier this week Deck the Halls was on that movie with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito and I was like how much more memorable not better but memorable would this be if it was like 
Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and Deck the Halls, <laughs> and they were like the competing dads. It could have been like a twins reunion, but like I was, I was like, like, cause no one like no one talks about Deck the Halls anymore. Like, yeah, no. But it's uh, it, no one. It's not something anyone holds in like any real regard. But having a weird casting like that would have made it memorable in its own way, even if it doesn't necessarily increase the quality of the movie. And that's why we talk about Jingle all the way, but not Deck the Halls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they made a sequel, like. 15 years after the original one, it stars Larry the Cable Guy. I saw it once on TV, and it is a truly god-awful movie. Like, he doesn't at any point think, you know what, I can't find this at Toys R Us or Target. I'll just go on Amazon and buy it. But instead, he's like, I gotta go to every store. And the weird thing is, the movie's mostly about him competing for his daughter's love with her new stepfather, who's a millionaire, who just decides to buy every fucking toy in the Tri-City area. So it's not even a popular toy. It's just this guy trying to buy his stepdaughter's love. Wait a minute. Look at Arnold's shirt. It says Atlanta 1996, and it looks like an Olympic shirt. Yeah. Does this infer he he was in the Olympics? They always... I love it whenever they have to throw in the explanation for why he's this big buff dude. Yeah, No, I think he just, you know... Or did he just go there? Which is weird, because this doesn't take place in Atlanta, so that would be like, you know, me having like a Beijing 2012 Olympics, you know. (laughs) 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 No, he was a big supporter of Richard Gould, so he wanted to um, support him. I've been reading about Richard Gould. That's a great show. It's like a... It it looks like a shot from like Star Trek or something like that. It's like a dramatic highlighting well, that's when it cuts the commercial. It's like, we'll be right back. Well, okay, going back to Arnold, I will say, like, he never half-passes it. He's always given his all no matter what. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and to me, like, he's always entertaining. He's never boring. And he does have very good comic timing. He's very deadpan with his humor. Yes. Yeah. I also like how the implication here is that he had to spell doll. <laughs> the, like, doll? Eight, the, yeah, the eight-year-old kid is too dumb to, like, know how to spell now. But, like... He, that's a joke that works better, like, if the kid's a lot younger. So I wonder if this was originally meant for a much younger child, and they're like, ah, oh, this kid's good, and they just did not think through the implication that, you know, Jamie might be special needs. I also like um, here with, um, and I want to talk about it when we are in the bedroom scene. That <laughs> sounds a lot dirtier than I meant. Um, <laughs> it's weird that there's not more Turbo Man merchandise around him. Like, when he's in his bedroom... It's like the Captain America mural on the back, and he's like on the wall, and he's sleeping on like Marvel sheets, and there's like a Hulk mask. It's weird to me they didn't do like the Toy Story route of just like everything was Turbo Man because that had to cost them a little money to license all of those um, characters. I wonder why they didn't just be like, fuck it, Turbo Man sheets. Maybe Marvel had that much money because they were pretty much at bankruptcy during this time. Maybe Marvel cut him a check or something like that. Just probably for a few thousand dollars and take what we could get. (laughs) Pay pay an eighth of Arnold's salary. Fair point. But But no, I see your point. That is is a good point because it it, it hammers home the idea. Is that CGI? No, I think it's a real reindeer in some of these shots. Or is that a puppet? I think it's probably a puppet. Well, I think it's a real reindeer for scenes like wire shots but like when he punches it of course that's like a puppet no that was real no that couldn't be cgi that yeah. gave this movie too much credit that no, would, it would that have been like a way puppet. too good 
a little bit of puppet, you know, they, Santa Claus came out a little bit before, maybe they borrowed it. Wait, this was like 94, Jingle All the Way invented groundbreaking innovative CGI technology to create an anima, uh, to create a CGI animal many years before Life of Pi tried it. Uh, I like this line, with wrapping the chains. I guess you can change around you. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Harmon is great. Again, going back to it, best part of everything, R.I.P. Gone too soon. Absolutely. I just love him like rewatching old Simpsons episodes as Lionel Hudson and Dom Troy McClure. You know, I gotta say, this movie does feel like there's like 10 or 15 minutes missing. Well, there's actually, going back to the Simpsons, um, the, if you watch the extended cut, there's like a bunch of like deleted scenes. And given the fact that with credits, this movie is only 89 minutes, it's weird they cut stuff out because when like Arnold runs out of the store in a few minutes to like go after the person who has the last one, there's an extended scene with, um, you know, the woman, and then there's another part where he tracks down a different woman, and it's Yardley Smith, you know, the voice of Lisa Simpson, um, and, like, she's, like, hitting on him, and she, like, gives him his fo- her phone number. <laughs> it's, like, just very weird. It's, like, you know, the scene's kind of funny, I guess. I can get why they cut it for pacing, but it's a pretty short movie. <laughs> I've always found Sinbad's costume in this very surreal. It looks like, like if you have to get like a mailman Halloween costume or something like that. This would be a great Halloween costume. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> we should like we should we okay. should do this next no, year. No, someone needs to go not. as Arnold, and someone else needs to go as Sinbad. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, someone I'll, go as Turbo Man, and then I'll, we'll be I'll, be, I'll be either Turbo Man or Arnold. I'm not being Sinbad for. All right, well I'll be Sinbad, and I'll. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta get that costume. That's great. The big furry hat. You'll have I, heat strike. I, I, it's, yeah. like, it's like it's, if you have to go to like the prop department and get like the uh, the mailman costume. It's just like very on the nose. I'm yeah, so no, I think I think this would go over very well. Let's start quoting Jingle. People would love it. That's a good idea. That's much better than our much better than our Ishtar idea. Wow. And cue Family Guy cutaway joke. <laughs> I put up the picture of us. In the commentary, yeah. where people listen to it, it's on YouTube. I oh, oh, okay. I mean, when I do this, when I finally put this up on the podcast site, that won't work. So you know, hey, switch to the YouTube occasionally, guys. Yeah, for years my mom worked in retail, um, granted at a Bonton, not a um, which I don't even know if that's national um, the, uh, clothing store for like you know higher higher end women's clothing or whatever for like upper middle class. But she would have to do um, Black Friday every year, and I just always imagined her like this, opening the doors, being trampled. Oh, Jesus Christ! My mom worked as a security guard at J.C. Penney in the early '80s. Just saying, at the height of like the Black Fridays, like era of this. Hey, look, it's Doctor Spaceman. That's um the, the dude from Rick and Morty, the father, I think. Oh. Yeah. When he's also Dr. Spachemin um, in, or Spaceman, as it was uh, written in 30 Rock. So. Yeah, look at these, watches these nightmarish like, angles of these guys with their mouths wide open. <laughs> I was like, oh, everyone's such assholes to these two guys. <laughs> like, imagine just like our parents in the 90s going out for Tickle Me. I was like, you're fu- go over to me. You're a fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. 
Yeah, these extras have to act. But yeah, again, I love that. Where's your Christmas spirit? Because this is over the top. Because this is just like if Chevy Chase were doing this, like this is just assault. But since it's Arnold doing <laughs> it, it's hilarious. <laughs> like you can, you almost forgive this because you're thinking like this is one step away from turning into Commando. Like I just want like someone splicing in when, when he's running through the mall. See, he's the like splicing the mall scene from Commando. He's swinging across that balloon to go grab the Turbo Man doll. Oh, this kid, by the way, with the RC car. Looks um, like he's 40. Who, a kid? Yeah. He Well, he was actually in Movie Surfers on Disney Channel, if anyone remembers that. It was like the bumpers they would do in between where they would just promote Disney movies coming out. I always thought it was him, and then one year I actually did look it up, and it was him. Well, that's fascinating. Hey, sorry that I gave trivia actually related to the movie. I don't think that counts. Yeah, wait, that that was so <laughs> tangentially related to the movie. Let's see, it. So apparently, um, that was next, like that was like hitting a first base run and then being like, "Well, at least I hit the ball." <laughs> and you're playing basketball. Yeah. Wait, lady, come on! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. But no, apparently, like, do that one. Man singing upbeat songs. <laughs> I also like this. Like he's going to like bars, which I. What was the originator of this joke of like you know going with like the neon signs? I've never seen it in something where it's not being done as a parody. It's like one of those things where it's like I wonder if it never actually was a thing that someone just got the idea that's like that's probably been something right, and we're all parodying a parody. Now it looks like a road movie. <laughs> I mean, the editing in this montage is pretty Should we play, like, I Love L.A. in the background or something? <laughs> I do like this transition. Maybe maybe on mute is the ideal way to watch this, because it looks like a Lynchian nightmare of, like, the faces, <laughs> like, appearing and laughing over the shots of, like, the car. I like this. Again, Chevy Chase punching this. Not nearly as comedic, I think. No. Arnold walks that fine line between very, very badass and very cuddly. His mid thought so too. Cool. Look at all those VHS tapes up there. There's clearly a lot of porn up there. It's Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks' second tape. <laughs> That's how Colin was born. <laughs> no, it's how Chet was born. So I assume Tom Hanks had to be at the premiere of this and watch this, but <laughs> did George Lucas is my real question. Maybe. That's how he's like, I want that kid. Now, can you imagine? I can't remember who, maybe was that the Red Letter Media commentary for this where they talk about, like, the same year this came out, he did, like, Philadelphia, or I think it was around this time. You know, Tom Hanks is, like, a multi-academy award-winning <laughs> actor. When this came out, his wife is doing Jingle All the Way. Like, did that, like, ever make, like, awkward moments? I mean, at this point, she's like, I can just, like, ride off of the success of my husband. I don't need to do this anymore. She, uh, I mean, she got Big Fat Creek Wedding Maid. Credit to her. Her and Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, a big part of that, at least. Yeah. Oh, here's the famous scene. I fucking just love Phil Hartman. He should have been. I kind of wanted him to be, like, in a different world, him be the Sid Bad character so he's in the movie more. 
I mean, he could be any other character in this movie. Would probably be. He should have been Booster. Yeah. Booster. We're very sarcastic, Booster. I think she's in the shower. No. <laughs> 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 like how the intense close <laughs> for this it really it's, it's very cartoonish it's, it's very much it, it's, it's a weird thing where this movie like tries to play it like it, it tries to be like more serious at times but then other times it go completely broad and cartoonish specifically you know the end but I'm sure we'll get to that <laughs> Like he does turn into a Looney Tunes character where he's just like you're just expecting him to hold up a sign saying help before he falls. I think it's he like, does do that in the end. It's like the moment when reality breaks. Like it's reality. been teetering on the edge and then just suddenly it like turns into like some sort of two thousand one esque nightmare. <laughs> reality shatters <laughs> like a fucking glass ceiling. The world is the world is never the same after Arnold Schwarzenegger and his jetpack. It's almost like, I don't know, we'll get to that part. We should watch Good Burger. I've never seen Good Burger. I've never watched Good Burger. Really? I'm saying Sinbad is in it briefly. He's like, plays the teacher of Keenan Thompson, but for some reason he's dressed like as the 70s and they gave him a bad afro. You know, it's kind of a shame, like, this is the only movie with Sinbad I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, why is it that? Is, yeah. <laughs> is, is it that Andrew's unreasonable? About, Andrew's about to announce that the next year of movies that it's the year Well, I mean, I just I remember seeing isn't he like a he plays like a bodyguard to a kid? Yeah, he. Uh, I was about to make that reference. It's on Disney Plus. I need to rewatch. It's called First Kid, where he's a okay. Surface. Well, I saw that. And I was like, oh, it's. I'm just so used to him just screaming and, and being a madman in this movie. I I'm just not used to seeing. Him. Be more subdued. I just think this is like Sinbad all the time. Yeah. I like how you know. I know Minnesota isn't like the smallest of um, places, but like I like the idea that there's only like one cop. Because do you really ever see, other than the bomb squad scene? You never really see any other cops except this one old man. <laughs> He's a working stiff. Which I always said you never see anyone but Rod Stacker, but that's not Rod Stacker. Hey, you could, <laughs> yeah, kind of looks look like Rod Steiger. A, a, a thinner Rod Steiger. Yeah. <laughs> this is Rod Steiger's character from In the Heat of the Night. He moved up north. Jesus Christ. Um, they called me Arnold. So yeah, this is like the biggest mall in America or something. Yeah. That's why it's called Mall in America. Yeah. It's fat and blue. Thank you for, for enlightening us. Time. It's all right. We all get one. Wascott is useless. Kid in a Disney Channel transition <laughs> commercial thing. I got that. See, Jacob's a lot more professional than you or me, Jake. Well, someone's gotta be. Well, my career is on the line. <laughs> I know he didn't flip him off, but he should have. Look, there's like two, two female workers that have like bows in their hair. Like it's, it's very. Until thought was put into that. Like, it's very much like a cartoon. You would see yeah. that. I like it's how he's talking. Broad. I also like how this guy's, like, talking. I got a Fisher Price. Like, my first Sony. Like, 
toy, and that's actually somehow allowed like all these people to hear him. Yeah, that wouldn't go go like two feet. I think his actual voice is louder than the speaker would be able to do. You don't think that's a lot of Turbo Man they have if it's that many balls? Wait a minute. No, I don't think every ball has it. It's just like a lottery. It's oh a lottery yeah, system. yeah. I love that, just like him jumping up in the air, like in slow mo. Come on, Arnold should be able to tear these people apart. <laughs> Again, he should cut. be like throwing them over like uh, over shelves and stuff. Yeah. Like no, that. this is when you cut like the scenes from like Com- um, Commando went in the mall of the Sherman's Gallery into this. But now this doesn't work anymore in the world of Amazon. Yeah, it was. If you if you put this movie in black and white, took the sound out, put in a scary ambient soundtrack, and then watched it that way, it would play out like some horrible David Lynch like consumer nightmare because of how broad they go in cartoons. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm only the subtitles. Yeah. I've never heard actually what they say here. Oh. Um, hold on, hold on. It's a great line coming up. Very topical. <laughs> As an adult now, you you appreciate oh, that. God. Also, I love the flubber ball here. Just defy the laws of physics. The director of flubber watched this and was like, these are who I need to get. Well, I feel like Chris Columbus and Brian Levent um, probably... Um, actually, I don't know if Chris Columbus did flubber. Whoever did flubber. I know John Hughes wrote flubber, so I just assume. Um, he did a ghost right on this. <laughs> no, it didn't. Okay. Hey, who knows? The 90s was not exactly Chris Columbus's um, decade, or, um, or um, John Hughes' decade. He did, you know, Home Alone, I think was the last really commercially successful thing he did. Mm-hmm. Wrote out the Brat Pack years. Now, see, I want to know, like, what the this kid, like, did she stay in the world of acting, or is there just, like, someone out there, like, a, you know, well, I was going to say psych major, but a little older than that, but just like a psychiatrist somewhere in the Midwest who it's like, yeah, I, um, yeah, work one day on an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Well, how old do you think this kid is here? This kid's like, like five or four six or something. It's way too big for her stroller there. She should be out of that stroller. Because I'm thinking she's probably our age. This kid on 96, so. so I was maybe. four in 96. She probably lives in the valley. Well, that's like, did she stick with acting or, you know, are you looking it up? Yeah. You've actually matched with her on Bumble before. That's her profile picture. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know the layout of the real Mall of America if they shot all this in it, but yeah, this could have been like someone from the Midwest, just like they held auditions for school one day. Look at this. Send that to me so I can put it up on screen. I just also love this. Like, they think he's a pervert and is, like, try, apparently trying to abduct a child. They're beating the shit out of him, and then they just let him go. Like, no one tries stopping him. Now they would just, like, tweet cryptically about him. Oh, here, it's everyone's second favorite, Belushi. Hey, you know... Jim Belushi was great in the Pebble and the Penguin. Let's let's give the guy a shot here. And according to Jim, I think he's good in this. Oh yeah, he's fine. It's yeah. the movie, not him. Right okay, there. so there's no picture. I think her name is Courtney Goodell. What, what was she credited as? 
a little girl at Toy Story. Trivia, sister-in-law of Nikki DeLoach and Leon Dixon. Wow, I would have never guessed. <laughs> Older brothers are Ryan Goodell, Ryan Christopher Goodell and Clay Goodell, Jeffrey Clayton Goodell, of the pop group Take Five. That's it. Do you think her mother just was running her IMDb because it's like, it's all familiar relationships. Like, yeah, my son may be more successful because he's in his band, but I love her too. I'm going to put this on her IMDb. Well, let's, let's look. I mean, did she, was she in anything else? I don't think so. She has no picture. Oh. Actually, this could be anybody. <laughs> Courtney Goodell on Twitter. I, I really don't know here. <laughs> There's like a lot. Tweet at Courtney Goodell and ask her. Does this, maybe, I don't know. Does this look like her? A little bit. Does this look like it could be her? I'm really investing a lot on this. Like, minor yeah, I, I, I suppose. I'm going to actually, Why not, yeah. I'm, I'm going to bleep her name out because I don't want to direct people to just say what it looks like. Oh, I don't know. It kind of. I don't know. What do you think? Post a comment and let us know if these pictures Jake is looking at right now look like it could be her. Just take a look right on his phone. It says Courtney Goodell is an actress known for Jingle All the Way in 1996. I think that's it. She probably doesn't get any residuals from this because she didn't speak. I wonder how that works. Yeah. I like this where you can just knock the door. Oh, we're here already. Sorry, I got, <laughs> I got distracted. out. <laughs> Oh, there's Mickey from Seinfeld. That's where he's from. I always feel like the giant Santa is played by someone, but I've never bothered looking it up. And by played by someone, I mean I played by someone semi-famous. He was played by his agent into doing this movie. Ew. There's Vern Troyer. Where? Oh, Vern Troyer. He's the really, um, like, oh. old Santa that he punches, but they showed him briefly, just, like, smoking a cigar. Oh, okay. Little buddy. Look at that Belushi face. It's a face you just want to feed tacos to. Yeah, they, no, I'm not going to say anything. What? Because it's Christmas? What? The kosher line got it. Thank you. I like this. Just like this, this is his Mr. Smith goes to Washington speech. Yeah, it's the best it's ever gonna get for him. It's like he's unraveling a conspiracy or something right now. When he when Jim Belushi dies, this is the clip they're gonna play at the Oscars. It's like it's this dumb family comedy, and suddenly it turns into this like world building about this secret Santa organization or whatever. Not the good type of secret Santa. And then it all goes away. I'd like that. $300? No chocolate kisses. I once used that on a friend of mine. We're at a restaurant and, and we looked at the wine menu. He's like, I said, well, how much does it cost? I told him the price like dollars. He said, no, chocolate kisses. Yes, dollars. He just looked at me and said, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I like that level of sarcasm. My favorite is when someone asks me, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing my taxes. What does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I didn't realize until face. Imagine like Chevy Chase, as we keep saying, doing that. Um, 
But I found out that they actually did make Turbo Man toys that they sold at stores when this came out, and now it is my golden home one. So all of you people watching, all five of you, if you can donate money so we can buy this and have it on our set that you don't see, that'd be great. I see you really internalized the consumerism angle of this movie. Yep. The takeaway, what you're saying here is the takeaway from watching this bad movie about how consumerism brings families together is to ironically buy products from it. <laughs> yes. Even though you don't like the product or the movie in any sincere fashion. I love this movie. This movie's better. This, I'm going to look up other movies from 1996 and tell you what um, movies are worse than Jingle All the Way. Yeah, again, I just love this. Like, no one besides Arnold could have done this scene. Oh, yeah. No, he really fits in with the broadness of this yeah. of this movie. Okay, Fargo came out in 1996. This is definitely better than Fargo. The English Patient, definitely better than that. Independence Day, definitely better. Jerry Maguire, Scream. Train Spotting from Death Still Dawn. Sling Blade, Romeo plus Juliet, all better than all of those movies. Just don't, say, just don't say it's better than Mars Attacks. James and the Giant Peach, The Craft, Sleepers, Primal Fear. Sleepers was 96. Yeah. That was early 90s. The People vs. Larry Flint, The Rock, A Time to Kill. Okay, I think The Rock is better than us. I'll say that. Yeah. I take offense to that one. Jesus Christ, he shoved that up his ass. He's a little too happy to dogpile on Schwarzenegger. Space Someone Jam. Someone used to make like a Watchmen version of the Santa Claus story where Mall Santa's, like in Watchmen, how the superheroes are all just like insane fetishists that just want to dress in spandex. <laughs> is that what's going on here? Is this like... Uh, <laughs> Is this, this is a Watchmen deconstruction of Mall Santas. They just get off to those <laughs> costumes. They're all soaked. I like how this works. Stop it. Again, Arnold pulls it off. I mean, kind of. I, it's... I don't know. I'd be I'd be hesitant to use the words pull it off in relation to that. That's why I said kind of. I love that one. You come barging in here like some terrorist at a tea party. What's it even? <laughs> Just like imagine, like this is like yeah, like I'm imagining like the like it's like uh, that famous picture from like Vietnam where like they're executing that guy. Just like imagine them executing like all these Santas. Jesus Christ! We're like in Shutter Island, that like long shot when they're just shooting all the Nazis in the concentration there. There we go. Yeah. How, I'm sorry, how does that relate? No, <laughs> when, they sh when they're going to shoot the Santas. Oh, going to be the Scorsese-esque shot where it's just this... Yeah. Brian Levent really wanted to stretch his um, acting or directing chops for this. Yeah. We all know Arnold could push this car a lot faster, but he's you know, pretending it's tough because he's a god amongst men. But he was in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the Atlanta Olympics? Yeah. 
Yeah. Did he plant the bomb? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I forgot that he was taking his picture to him. Like, why was he smiling like that? I wonder what this kid's up to. Get on that, Jake. He's probably an accountant. Let's see. I'm looking it up. I have, I have the um, page bookmarked. Oh, okay. You have the jingle all the way IMDb page bookmarked? Yeah. Nothing makes for more exciting commentary than listening to silence as people search <laughs> their phone for information on actors. I like I called him old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Oh, the kid from Prom Child is in this. No, Prom Child 3, never mind. Jake Lloyd was in Problem Child? The other way around. I'm trying to find the kid. Problem Child find. was in Jake Lloyd? What? Oh, I found the guy from the t the RC toy racing scene who I talked about. His name was Marcus Toji. He was born in 1984. He was also in Little Giants and this season of The Terror. Oh, he was in Little Giants. That is him. See, now I care. Please cut out my Jake Lloyd problem child joke. Nope. I'm trying to find this kid. I can't find him. You guys can continue talking. I prefer to watch the movie in silence. I can't find him. It's more immersive this way. This feels like an end of Act Two type thing, but it's actually kind of like the middle of the movie. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not really in terms of structure. It doesn't really function as a. I mean, it's supposed to play out like a dramatic beat, like an All Is Lost beat, maybe, but it's structurally in the in the wrong place. Because well, the All Is Lost moment is when the uh, he tries to steal it. Yeah, it's just yeah. the way that's played out and how like because he it's like very on the nose the dialogue. And you would think they wouldn't get that specific about the conflict here at play until the end of the second act. And that's why I think it feels so uh, Yeah, well, so Jake, weird. Jake Lloyd should have yelled at him when he tried to steal it after. Yeah. Or maybe it could have just been a thing where he's like, oh, I'm not going to make it to the parade and Jake Lloyd's disappointed and he doesn't have that blow up until like the end of the second act. Instead, he just kind of blows up, and then he does it more later on, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, and he's blowing up because he doesn't know his father's trying to buy him the toy that he neglected to not get. So that's kind of interesting drama, too. What if he found out there he was getting him the toy, and oh, yeah. he was like, oh, and he gets excited, then we could have an autonomy switch. Okay, so now he's he, he, now more than ever has to get that toy, or he lets his son down. The stakes go up, and the, the relationship gets more interesting because they like each other more, and then they dislike each other, and then they make amends. Yeah. Or he lies to him and says, oh, oh, wait, no, he already says he got the... Oh, no, he didn't tell me he got the doll. By the way, I found the kid. He, he's been acting sporadically. Um, he was actually um, Beaver's friend in the Leave it to Beaver movie, and he oh. was also in Max Keeble's big move as Pudgy Subcreator, which I think is a little mean. But the bigger thing to talk about is that movie came out in 2001, so I think he was like late high school playing a middle schooler, given how old he was in 1995 or 6. Because this kid looks like he's about to go in like fourth grade. 
I'm bad at judging ages. He looks older than that. Yeah, Sinbad does look older than that. I hope Sinbad listens to this commentary and decides he wants to join us. See, this is... This isn't, like, a terrible scene or anything. There's, like... They're not just telling you what the conflict is through the dialogue. You're telling stories that you can infer the conflict from. Yeah. And it's all followed up with a terrifying shot of Jake Lloyd dressed as a mailman. You know, the sad... Yeah, the sad part is that's probably not... Too far from the truth. <laughs> the thing was, they gave, they actually gave him real booze as a joke, and then that got him, like, on his power He was drinking on the Phantom Medicine <laughs> between takes. Just love like you, the uh, the unwrapping, no pun intended, with the holiday of just like Sinbad's psyche here and like why he's so deranged. It's just funny. The logic. The logic is, yeah. My my friend got a toy and he became a CEO, and I didn't get a toy and I became a loser. Yeah, that's the kind of speech that you give when your hitmen are out killing all your enemies. As he's giving the speech to Arnold, it should have been intercutting like the Godfather to like the other mailmen going around and. <laughs> Killing the people that had the Turbo Man dolls. <laughs> I'll never let my son down. Martin, well, I did like they did set him up earlier in the breakfast scene when they're listening to the radio. You do hear Martin Mole in the background, so I do like the little setup or foreshadowing with him. Though at that point, this means Martin Mole's been doing his radio show for like nine hours. Martin Mull's always that that schmuck who just shows up in sporadic movies over the years in your childhood. You, you don't really piece it together until much later. What else was he in? He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. And Mr. Mom. No, Mr. Mom. He's also in Mrs. Doubtfire. He's Sally Field's boss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's also some of the, the Mary Kate and Ashley movies. Or he's in one of them. He was um, in Roseanne as their um, co-worker, boss, if you remember. He's now on that show um, on Fox. Um, I'm blanking on it. It's with David Allen Greer, him, that, uh, you know, the um, gay Southern guy. You know, he's, like, really tiny. Like, he's always in, like, you know, um, like, Christmas movies. He was, like, an elf in, like, the Lois and Clark show or something like that. And then Vicki Lewis. It's, like, a weird show set in a retirement community, and he plays an old stoner hippie in it. I watched, like, three episodes. I'm like, I don't like to watch this anymore. I also like the idea of it, the amount of time it takes them to run across the WB backlog. Yeah, it's definitely a backlog. <laughs> um, to the radio station, not one person was able to successfully call in to give them the correct reindeers. That would have been, a, I think, also a funny moment where he's like, I got the correct call like five minutes ago. I saw someone online who says, this is how I remember all the reindeer names. <laughs> Arnold <laughs> That is what I think of, too, when I have to repeat it, but I still don't remember. Yeah, I never remember all the reindeer names. I get, like, the first few, and that's it. It's like the national anthem. Yeah. See, I, I remember just, part of the beginning. I, I get the first few correct, and then I just transition into the seven dwarfs. See, this is, this is very realistic. He's fucking horrified at this monster <laughs> bank trying to break into his studio. It's a big, large, muscular Austrian man. Screaming. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he broke the door. I don't even know that was scripted. 
<laughs> Did he just do that? <laughs> no, it probably wasn't. Brian the vet is horrified. Now he's probably keep filming. <laughs> fuck him up. He's just like fucked up on service and beats his shit out of Martin Bull. <laughs> this was a track star. Remember when terrorism was funny? Oh. <laughs> Look at how much he's sweating. <laughs> well, yeah. They're filming on the back lot. <laughs> it's like 80 degrees. Uh, it's in LA. Wearing that, like, giant fake mailman costume. <laughs> Mailmen who are listening to this, let us know. Do you ever dress like this? Comment <laughs> below. Hit that like button. Mailmen, if you're listening to this, please do not dress like that. As you see, it Because it makes this joke much funnier. I also like how he's wearing a turtleneck. Well, yeah, it's cold. I know, I'm just like saying it completes. Like, it feels a little. Like, he's wearing like a ragged, almost ragged, like, mailman uniform. <laughs> he's like wearing like a nice turtleneck. Like, it feels like he was like. So it was five o'clock, and he just takes that off and goes to like a party. They had to do costume tests for Sinbad, probably. He had to go to the studio. Why isn't that on the DVD? You know, trying all these different looks. What, do, what is he talking about right now? He's just rambling. He's like, you know, this is his manifesto. I love Arnold's face here. Just filled with anthrax instead. <laughs> Don't have a single cell. <laughs> Fascinating parts of the commentary. <laughs> yeah, see this part? If I was Arnold, I would have been like, Good enough! <laughs> yeah. I got the doll. <laughs> I'll get it. It'd give him like a give Jamie a card at Christmas and be like, it'll be here in a week to ten days. <laughs> Well, that's how like the original Star Wars toys were delivered on Christmas. They didn't make enough, and it was literally just a you got the package, you open it up. It's like where you display the figures with the thing saying um, the toys will be shipped like in February third. No, no, it wasn't. They didn't have enough. They didn't have any. Yeah, that's probably him. Maybe that's what's going to happen with the Baby Yoda toys over the holidays. Well, that was the interesting thing that they really don't have merchandise because they didn't want to give give it away. You know that they were going to have them. That's fascinating to me that, like, the anti-spoiler, um, the whole anti-spoiler thing became that important that it superseded the need to have the product out there. Yeah, because you see that even recently, um, like, the Lego sets for some of these movies have spoiled it. You know, like, at, what was it, Iron Man 3, where it actually spoiled Guy Pierce's like, character was the villain the entire no, time. No, so Iron Man 3, what happened was... They came out with a set that was the Mandarin driving like a dune buggy with a missile on it. And it was like Iron Man Mandarin battle or something like that. Or like ultimate final showdown or something. And we're all like, so is the ending of this movie going to be Ben Kingsley in like a car? Like in a dune buggy shooting at Iron Man or something? Nope, that's not what happened. It was a total fake out. That would have been funny if there was an Iron Man 3 Lego set that was called... <laughs> Guy Pierce is the real Mandarin. No, I think that was like, or no, it g gave away the twist of like the like imp 
implants he has on him where, where his eyes like turn red because they have like minifigures of other people like that and then they had a minifigure set with like him and they credit him as, as that and they show him with oh, yeah. the glowing Yeah, eyes. but that's like, you can see that in the trailer even. There's like shots yeah. of him in the trailer uh, fighting Iron Man like very briefly <laughs> but um, it was the Mandarin thing they didn't give away. Okay. I'm getting my own chance. I just like also the touch of the white flash in the light. If you if you put like the right music there, that could have been like his Walter White no go no coming back for this moment. God, could you imagine this happened today? There'd be helicopters. Just an army would the army would show up. Yeah, Sinbad being arrested at the end would be the least of his concerns. Yeah, this would just turn into like Guantanamo Bay. No, this would just be. This would just be at the end of, like, uh, what was that movie, Patriot Day? Just, like, Mark Patriot Wahlberg's... Game? No, Patriot Day, the Mark Wahlberg oh. movie. Yeah, remember that movie? It had Supergirl in it. Mm. And Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. You know, the marvelous one. That's nice. Wait, say again? That weird Mark Wahlberg Boston bombing movie had um, Rachel Bros- Brosnahan. Oh, I didn't Superman. realize that. Yeah, she plays um, like one of the um, like runners um, who had her leg blown off. Her and her husband had their legs blown. Each one of them had their leg blown off, and yet they then competed in the next year's Boston Marathon. And, wait, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you thinking of the Jake Gyllenhaal one? No, no. You're talking about. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. With yeah, Mark Patriot Walbert. Day. I, yeah. I, what's the Jake? Gyllenhaal? Oh, that's stronger. Or is that the boxing one? I don't know. I remember. I like how he like looks in so intense, like he's about to kill Phil Hart. <laughs> It's like that police officer is dead and now he's gonna die too. <laughs> I've already killed before, I'll kill again. <laughs> it's Arnold's personal breaking back here. <laughs> I like how he just says, ha! I'm gonna burn his house down. <laughs> his son's just trapped inside. He's like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> Movie heads like him and his family having a good time. Phil Harmon's just outside crying over his dead son. Mourning his son. <laughs> he just very sarcastically mourns over it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he just turns into the father of Mike Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fires. My son! No, he's no, been very boy. sarcastic. Like, my boy! <laughs> Billy! <laughs> Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember from the other funerals, including my wife. Give it up, he's divorced in this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he seems so excited. Again, he's just great. Everything, he can, he's like one of those actors who's just so gifted where he can make the worst line sound great. He, like, can, he can read out of the phone book. I was literally about great. to say that. Yeah. Arnold shouldn't have to hide from these carolers. If he, like, walked out and started charging towards them, they would run. <laughs> they would run. <laughs> well, it's like, um, uh, with Phil Hartman, um, the, um, most versions of the um, original Grinch TV get they had like a TV special made in the '90s that he was the host of, and he is so hilarious. Like he walks you through like how the animation process works, and like de- like recording lines. And he's like talking about how like important it is to get like the right voice. So he like they keep having him read the same line as the Grinch over and over again, but doing impressions of Nicholson, Frank Sinatra, and all that. And he's like so over the top. He's just like. This like crappy twenty minute special that they made in the mid nineties 
is so good because Phil Hartman's just giving it his absolute all. He's even wearing a tuxedo for some reason. It's a thing of beauty. A thing of beauty, Jake. Oh, I'm, I'm watching the uh, Arnold get chased by an actual reindeer. <laughs> Now I'm just thinking like Phil Hartman having to like report all this to like his homeowner's insurance. Like, dude, this is covered by like your homeowner's insurance. A reindeer broke into my house on Christmas Eve. <laughs> you won't believe it. Part of my house got set on fire. <laughs> A seven foot nine Austrian man. <laughs> Try to steal <laughs> But to get out through the window. Everyone sees that. It's like he decapitated a man and kicked his flaming head at us. Using the scarf. Yeah, so I'm just flipping it up in the snow. Oh, See, even that's funny. Just that. It's... She's uh, definitely got the can I talk, speak to your manager haircut, right? Is that the haircut? No, this is this is the part where they lose faith in Arnold again. <laughs> I, I broke his house to steal other things. No, we mean you grabbed the wrong present. We just happened to wrap a different gift in the Turbo Man wrapping paper. You know, we place a lot of pressure on Schwarzenegger here, but like, can we talk about? His wife, like, what does she do? Then she knows how forgetful and how much of a workaholic she is. That she doesn't think to remind him until the night before, December 23rd. Like, oh yeah, remember that thing our son wants so much and it'll ruin his life if we don't get it? Hey, did you actually pick that up? This is really her fault. She's too busy working every day trying to get my big fat Greek wedding <laughs> produced. She's trying to raise Colin Hanks. It was like, Chet. Be Chet Hanks. I like the idea of raising Colin Hanks, who was like in his early 20s. In fact, I like to think Jake Lloyd is a young Chet Hanks in this movie. Here's Rudolph. What's that from? Dr. Sleep. Fun fact, that's There's a real... There's that CGI reindeer again. No, that's a real reindeer that they put down live on camera. Yeah, Arnold actually had punched the reindeer. <laughs> It broke its neck, so it was paralyzed. Brian LeVette just filmed them putting it to sleep. Now look, the snow is melting in the background. He looks so intense. Get your fucking arm off me. That's the face of a kid that's going to kill a bunch of... Someone who's erupted to kill a bunch of younglings. Wrong Anakin. <laughs> I also would have really liked in the universe where they cast Hayden Christensen as Anakin in the first one, just like trying to punch over. It's funny is he was a child actor. He's in that movie in the mouth of madness. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he's in Goosebumps. Really? Yeah, he's in the uh is he in the the, the doll episode? Uh, the remember. Slappy episode or whatever? Uh, that might be him. I don't remember. I haven't seen it. I know Ryan Gosling was in the episode Are You Afraid of the Dark? Huh. I think I he was in Goosebumps too. I don't know. I'm look it up on IMDb. How much do you think these guys are paid? Oh, the Santas? This? Oh, God. More Santa fetishists. 
Probably not a lot. These are probably they might have been a real parade in friggin' uh, wherever they're filming this now. You think this is the back lot, or do you think this is on location? I think this might be just a real downtown street, like it, in the Midwest. It does. I don't know. No, we should watch. I, 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 just, I think this is the back lot because this is. They probably had to put this on to control it. True. They, they could oh yeah, have an actual parade. Yeah, that'd be a nightmare. You should watch Jumper. I'm looking at Hayden Christensen's IMDb. Oh, there's a Phil uh, Phil Lamar, voice of Samurai Jack. Wait, Phil Lamar's in this? That's Phil Lamar. That's, that's Phil Lamar. Lamar. Wow. Is that? Oh wait, no, that's Jackie. That, uh, that's the lawyer from Seinfeld. Sorry, <laughs> I got them mixed up. That, right. that is not Phil Lamar. I'm be like, Andrew, I am making a demand that you cut that entire exchange out of this. What? It's fine. So. <laughs> I love this, like... It's for our own good, Jake. It's for our own good. I think it's fine. It was an honest mistake. No, it's not the (laughs) mistake. It's not that. (laughs) I just don't want to be judged for it. To be fair, it wasn't you, though. (laughs) Uh, I also like how the parade's, like, halfway over, and they're just getting there now, so it's like, yeah, again, going in my the mom's much worse of a character. It's like, they couldn't even get there on time for the parade, so... Yeah, Dad not being here isn't much of a deal where I'm still missing half of it. Yeah, the parade's an all-day thing. These people are overworked. Berg and Ernie are sweating. God, I could not imagine being in those costumes. He was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, it looks like. Oh, yeah, and uh, two episodes of Goosebumps, which were, yeah, the Night of the Living Dummy Part 3, episodes 1 and 2. So, Night of the Living Dummy... Three colon one colon two. <laughs> that, that's like some real like naked gun like three and a three quarters. Yeah. What if one of these people tripped in the costumes like Gumby? He <laughs> broke his leg in the costume. And no one would know. They think it's like an act. I love watching those videos of like that ha- not people getting crippled, uh, but like videos of yeah like how they have to quickly deal with it, like Disney World or Disneyland like the mascot screwing up. Like, there's a one where it's, like, the Mrs. Incredible head is, like, just two, like, shells that you clamp together. And, like, she tripped and fell and the mask came off and they're trying to put her face back on. <laughs> Not so alcoholic eggnog. That, for years, I thought because there's that elk eggnog had to be alcoholic. Yeah, me too. I never realized it was as a kid. Or they had alcoholic eggnog. Yeah. Just like the look at her face, like, what the fuck? I thought we were just driving together cars and our kids are friends. Perfect time to hit on your neighbor's wife. The only Phil Hartman can make it likable. I'm kidding. I'm joking. You can cut that out. (laughs) There's gonna be nothing left of the commentary. (laughs) This is worse than Scooby Down Zombie Island. (laughs) No, it's not. Phil Hartman's dead. I don't know what you're talking about. Lucky, lucky girl. But no, Phil Hartman can, like, like going back to what we said, you know, he can read a phone book. So, like he playing the sleazy neighbor, like it's still a funny scene. Yeah, you still. I'm not gonna say you. I'm not saying you don't like him. him, but he makes it work. He's charismatic. <laughs> he's gonna murder him. I mean, 
You're right. actually here. He's in the right. I yeah, would say. I, fairness, I would want like, to. <laughs> I would do the same thing. Jesus Christ! I'm just imagining like Daniel Stern from like the Home Alone movie screaming like as that battle. <sighs> she broke his nose. No comment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we were all thinking. We knew what we were all thinking the same thing. That's yeah. why we didn't have to say anything. We're saying that eggnog looks great. <laughs> Gives me in the mood for eggnog. I have eggnog at my apartment. Sometimes, you know, sometimes men have problems where, you know, you're in the moment and then just, you know, it happens quick and doesn't go as you expect. Yeah, and you then have to go buy more eggnog. Ralph's doesn't always have it. That's a Los Angeles-based grocery chain for you guys elsewhere. I mean, look, people in Alaska are probably listening to this. So yeah. The fan base is solely based out of Nome, Alaska. It's our parents and then one family in Alaska. I wouldn't even... Our parents, I even think that's giving us too much credit was. <laughs> <laughs> they have better things to do. They have bills to pay. They have jobs. Regrets his parents. Yeah. This guy looks like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Back then. He a little bit. Like, he looked like Jim Carrey in the uh, in the Deadpool. Which is the Fifth Dirty Harry movie. Oh, wait, no, no. He, he looks like Jim Carrey in Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and then one movie later, we have Schwarzenegger. So. Oh, my God. I love this I, There's no connection whatsoever. <laughs> this means nothing. <laughs> I like this. Just. Like, this guy's crippled. We're almost killed. <laughs> and that's Curtis Armstrong. The yeah. best part of Quigley. Quigley Down Under with Tom Selleck. Yeah, sure, why not? No, the Oz Perkins movie, Quigley. I yeah. haven't seen it. You saw the Red Letter Media review of it. No, I don't think I watched that's it. The, that's in the... To- that's in the... I know, I know what you're talking about. The one of um, Gary Busey where he turns yeah. into a dog. It was with Home Alone 4. I, I watched it. I know what you're talking about. Jacob's just deliberately ignoring me. It's pissing me off. No, I actually really don't remember it. I know I saw that episode, but... So like this is a weird thing that they're being inconsistent with the <laughs> that that's great. Um, I just noticed that they're inconsistent with like the radio station and TV station designations. So for those of you who are interested, radio and TV stations east of the Mississippi have W in front of as front of the call sign, and west of the Mississippi they have K. Mm-hmm. So the radio station was K something, and the TV station that's on their jackets are is W something. That's right. The Western one is not W. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good trivia fact, though. I always wondered that, like, you know, growing up predominantly or completely on the East Coast, I never really noticed it, except for like watching movies and shows where they usually would have a K, you know, um, designation before it. Like, geographically speaking, which was the fuck up the radio station or the um, TV station? <laughs> No, I failed geography. I was too busy watching um, Jingle All the Way to study. Year-round, I would watch it.
take him out. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the signal. <laughs> oh, it's Phil Hartman. Then the mailmen are going to come in. The tables have tons and bed. Neither rain nor sleep nor blood. They're acting like this is the fucking holy ground. I know it's like the whole thing of the movie, but he's like about to cry with tears of joy. He was going to give it to him, and then, you know, Jamie gets the doll, and he's like, it's too big. It doesn't fit with the other figures. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I don't like how it's too big. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I watched a video, and they were talking about the um, actual Turbo Man that they made, and it was like 13 and a half inches tall, which is like a pretty goddamn big action yeah, figure. I, I just, you can't play with that. What, how, you can only... Well, it doesn't, like, match with the other figures. No. Well, I mean, they, they release a, any other figures from the movie, though. It's interesting, because they show in the video I watched, they also talk about the box. Like, they don't... It's not like the Toy Story movies where... Or Toys for Toy Story, where they have the Toy Story logo all over everything. Like, Jingle All the Way is not even mentioned on the box. And they have on the side. So, like, collect all the other figures, and they show Booster, some of the, uh, you know, whatever the bad guy and his henchmen are. And it's, like, acting as if it was a real toy line. So maybe it would have worked in that world. Did, did, did they ever come out with the toys to this movie? Well, that's what I was just saying. Like, they released a Turbo Man toy. Oh. Yeah. And, like, the side of the box, like, they advertised other toys in the line, but they were fake. Like, it was just clearly pictures of the props of, like, Booster and the um, Dementor and all that. Oh, okay. But now I agree that would be a very large toy. But then again, like, Buzz Lightyear, was only a little bit short than that. It was like 12 inches, and it's like, you were able to play with that, so is the extra inch matter? <laughs> that was deliberately suggestive. Anytime I now watch this movie, I think of what the Nostalgia Critic said in his review of it, where it's like, this is the world's slowest parade. They just stopped in the middle. Like, they have to do this every couple blocks. This is like the, <laughs> the marching band. They're just marching in place in front. Can you please hurry up with giving him the doll? We're running out of material. Like, no, this is like a thing like at the Macy's like Stephen Parade. Whenever you see like they do these shows, they always do it away from the actual parade. So if they don't slow it down. Oh, he's about to do the line from Star Wars. It's connected. <laughs> you see, Jamie. The entire world is about to lose its fucking mind. And so <laughs> I'm going to have a jetpack and Sinbad's going to be dressed in a costume. <laughs> Did not get that as a joke. Yeah, kid. I really wish um, Sinbad kept this costume to go out for Halloween. As like or paid someone to make this costume for him, <laughs> that would be great. That would be like a million BuzzFeed articles. We, we should be these guys for Halloween. That one of us can be Terry, one can be Dementor, and the other can be um, Jamie Jamie Lloyd. Jamie Lloyd. Or, sorry, that was um, the name of the kid from the Halloween sequels. You mean Jake Lloyd? Yeah, Jake Lloyd. Oh, by the way, right there we just missed it. They didn't put it for the captions, but um, one of the um, people who's beating up boosters, they're yelling insults, calls him the F word. Is that fuck? No, a gay slur. 
But um, is that true? Yeah, that's. We'll play it after the fact for us to listen to. But um, you can hear it very clearly. And like Brian Levent was interviewed about it recently. Like it just came out recently. Like someone re listened. Like wait a minute, what? And he's like, oh, this is one of those things where it's like you listen to our like, you'll, and then like they played it for me. It's like, oh my god, how did we not notice that? Like it's clear. It was just like they gave the directions to um, to. Um, the the um, extras just like yell insults and no one heard them say that. Wonder what it sounds like on 4K. <laughs> Got that shot. Just beating up Sinbad. It's the greatest thing Christmas can give us. Oh, <laughs> those are the mailmen. <laughs> <laughs> Run, Jamie, run! Can you imagine if Joe Pesci was in this? Oh you think of him and the Irishman in this? <laughs> you little kid! Either way, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, it's only a few years removed from Home Alone, too. The battery life is running out on the portable. <laughs> Don't worry, we have two minutes. Yeah. No, I don't think we're gonna make it. The battery life is longer on this than at least double the length of this movie. Oh no. I just like how everyone's cheering them thinking this is like a legit part of the parade. Like even the cops are dumb. They're part of the mailman plot actually. They're oh, all civil Peter Scolari. That's not, that's not Peter Scolari. You see the movie Vertigo. Demon one, demon two. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, these are just like, they're not even evil people. They just like think we're doing this stunt show and he's beating the shit out of them. He breaks their arms. <laughs> Again, just like, you know, splice any scene of commando into this. Luckily, they have the police helicopters nearby from the bomb threat that came in before, so they'll be able to sort this out in a matter of minutes. There's just a sniper on the roof gets like call from the commissioner, take him out. Oh, and here's where it goes insane. Alright, everybody. It's like it's almost like the ending of the movie is like a joke or something. Yeah. Like a like like what? It's when it turns into the sweeping shots of him flying through the city that I'm always like, like what happened? <laughs> just this shot right here. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like the wily coyote shot in the movie. The, yeah, right here is when I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> Take some epic, like, superhero expansive shot. Dear Lord. <laughs> the beginning of this is he's about to, like, crash into a fucking building. Well, he's, he does. No, that's, I'm literally saying that's, like, about to happen. Oh. Could <laughs> you imagine he grabs him but like loses his grip and he fall drops him? Or he rips his arm off. <laughs> he flies by like a little too close and sets him on fire. <laughs> Got the gem pack and kiss him. <laughs> ah Jamie! <laughs> this is insane. 
The man who directed this directed the Flintstones movie, and we can see which one's clearly better. Um, how many movies did he direct after this? Yeah. No, no, probably not. Just this poor fan. I know he did um, the Flintstones movie to Rock Vegas, so he did these three. And Paralyzed. Yeah. His head would explode like in hot fuzz. <laughs> I can't walk. <laughs> My legs. I got you the toy. I'm crippled for life. I hope it was worth it. Was it worth it, Jamie? <laughs> oh, he directed A Christmas Story too. Oh, no. The second live-action Scooby-Doo TV movie. The oh. first live-action TV movie. Are We There Yet? Snow Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's paralyzed now. Yes, we should have gone to black. Again, <laughs> 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 it cuts to black now. It, no, it just has a title card. It's like six weeks later. It's just like they're burying their son. It took six weeks? <laughs> I don't know. They had to wait for the ground to thaw. Oh, God. <laughs> Jimmy. He just cuts his head off. <laughs> Imagine he misses and does it. Jimmy knocking him off. <laughs> Do you also think this is what Schwarzenegger did in the 96 Olympics, like boomerang throwing? You know, at least that'd be set up and pay off. <laughs> that's, that's in the extended cut. He was going to have to make some comment about his boomerang throwing at the Olympics at the beginning. <laughs> I'll get it just like I got that boomerang at the Olympics. <laughs> in, in Atlanta. <laughs> That looks like a that shot looks like a reference to um, what's the movie with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? Training places. We both Training just looked places. at him simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet. Also, he would have survived the fall. Clearly, I mean, Sinbad survived it. Sinbad had a big poofy mailman costume to break his fall. That looked like Zoe Kazan in the background for a second. I'm gonna look at her up to what? see. If, yeah, Zoe Kazan. It looked like it could definitely could not be her because you know she looked like her age now. But that'd be crazy if she was in this. <laughs> His ass is just burned off in the flames. We're going to be rich now that we have this rocket technology. <laughs> he just steals it in the end. The cops are so clearly incompetent, they won't ever catch him. Also, there's apparently enough, like, 6'3", Austrian-Hungarian men around in this area that no one knows, including his wife or son, can recognize him. <laughs> Jamie! <laughs> so I always think, that like, the booming loud mic... I wish Dad was still here. Really? You don't recognize me? Am I away from work this often? I'm back, and you'll never cross me again. (laughs) 
it's just literally like a yellow visor over his face. It's just like that, like the same type of visor like you would wear if like you were doing yard work. So when he's out like clearing the brush in the backyard, <laughs> hello stranger, who are you? Don't come into my house. <laughs> Why are you taking your shoes off? I love this thing. Like he's like, Dad, you smell like barf. It's like, what is what eggnog are they drinking? Maybe there was a deleted scene where he, you know, where he vomited. Yeah, he has a weird kick. He threw up into the eggnog thing because he wants her to drink it. It's like a weird sex thing. And Brian Levet really wanted it. So he was like, no, you can't do that. And all the Santa Clauses really liked it. Oh, this Wait, is very... Wait, Borat in the background with the hat? <laughs> There's a hard bar movie in there somewhere. I like how she, when he says the bomb, she's just like, bomb? Like, he's going to have to explain to her later, like, all the felonies he committed today. Impersonating an officer. Oh, yeah. It terrorism. <laughs> There's, like, a missing persons case that's been opened now that his detective disappeared. <laughs> Where did he go? Also, I like how he's not, I never noticed, he's not wearing real handcuffs. He's wearing, like, zip ties around, or not even zip ties, like, almost like, um, the rings you have around, like, Coke cans. Well, because the handcuffs are too small. And then, of course, the joke that Sinbad is definitely not getting out of jail before Christmas. And then that toy is just going to be in some evidence locker. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Arnold's hair looks dyed. Looks a little red. Yeah. Like, even Might if... Have been. <laughs> Bye, I'm going to neglect you elsewhere. Here's the end of the movie. And they, were, they never saw each other again. <laughs> Just that was the last time I ever saw my father. <laughs> just turns into the end of Save by Me. It's Richard Dreyfus now just typing this in front of the computer. He was stabbed in the neck, died instantly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think the credits even like cut to halfway scrolled up already. Yeah? Yeah, they really want to get out of there. Wait, Lorraine Newman got higher billing than Harvey Corman in the credits? She also was the first lady. Did she actually have a line in that scene? I think she said, thank you, Turbo Man. Uh, well, well, we thank you for joining in with us for our Christmas episode of Jingle All The Way. We hope you and your family and loved ones have a much better time than we did recording this. Tune in for 2020, where we'll have plenty of other movies that we've referenced, like Son of Mask. Wait, is that the one with Eric Stoltz? No, we're doing yes. the car. We're doing the car wash movie next. <laughs> oh no! So, well, again, Merry Christmas, have happy holidays, all that good stuff, and good night. Let's do Time Runner with Mark Hamill, actually. Put that cookie down, 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 cookie down, down, cookie down, put that cookie down now.